Blog Talk Radio. Hey, ATG Radio, yeah, uh, the greatest boxing podcast, woo, featuring the crew, you know how we do, yeah, Mike Dawson, Big Time Timmy, Rufus D, Hollywood, Coach Andre, and the Godfather Frank, yeah, that's the crew, so come and get in the loop, so tune in and see just how we do, it's every Monday and every Wednesday, ATG Radio. Yeah. ATG Radio. Now, I'm not trying to say we're the greatest. The most hated, maybe. Well, we might be the greatest. That's just because I don't know what else is out there. This is Jack Cooper rocking with ATG Radio. I'm about to have these two women come over and masturbate themselves to the replay. Got it. The ghost always gets the most. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Nigga, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team here. Nigga, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. Hi, my name is Steve Collins, Irish Steve Collins, the warrior, former middleweight, super middleweight champion of the world, and former middleweight champion of the United States. You're now listening to ATG Radio, the greatest radio station on the planet. Up ATG Radio in the house. Up ATG Radio in the house. We started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. Yo, buddy. Well, I reckon so. Right now, goddammit, you people are listening to ATG Radio. Don't sound big, are crazy in that motherfucking show. I love it so goddamn much. My name is Fire Manny Pacquiao. I'm gonna dedicate it to motherfucking ATG Radio. God damn it, I reckon so. You motherfuckers out there better listen to this motherfucking radio because it's goddamn great. Thank you very much. We started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now my whole team fucking here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here, nigga. No new niggas, nigga, we don't feel that. Fuck a fake friend, we your real friends at. We don't like to do too much explaining. <laughs> Started from the bottom, and now I'm here. The whole team is not here yet, but they will be. You got Mike Doss, you know, repping APG Radio, uh, first May show, 5-2-2018. Man, we got three days. <laughs> three days ago, Cinco de Mayo weekend, Triple G fighting the ultimate, you know, Short notice guy, but HBO went, you know, went from paying sixty nine ninety five to you know being on free TV. So you know it, it, he's still pe- you know keeping active. We can see what he's going to do. Um, it should be a great night for Triple G, uh, and then Canelo possibly on the horizon. So uh, we're going to be discussing that. We're going to have a uh, Barry Hunter 
you know, top trainer on the East Coast, one of the top trainers on the East Coast, you know, uh, with the Peterson brothers and all kinds of talent that he has, very knowledgeable guy, uh, very, very high boxing IQ. And uh, speaking of that, we got a lot of boxing, you know, high boxing IQs on the show tonight. We got some special guests, and I might even try to get Daniel Twitch Franco, who uh, abruptly uh, he got cut off for some reason. I talked to him after the show, and uh, he didn't get everything he needed to get, you know, out there. Uh, had a great story, just a great kid. Um, trying to bounce back from all the shortcomings that he had, and uh, you know, I want to hear more of what he has to say without being cut off. So we might try to get him back on, and much, much more. So um, just stick with us. I'm, I'm going to run by some things right now in the news that's going on. Uh, you know, of course, we're, we're talking about the Triple G fight coming up. We had a huge boxing weekend, huge. And one, one. Uh, one thing I want to talk about here after a while is uh, a new 50 and 0 <laughs> at the minimum weight level. Uh, a lot of people are giving him credit. It's credit well deserved to an extent, but I'm going to break it down a little bit. Uh, I don't really want the guy. Everybody's comparing him with Mayweather. Oh, he's 50 and 0, just like Mayweather. It's a little different, a little different. But we'll we'll delve into that, you know, when everybody else gets on the show. But I would I just want to run by what's going on um, Friday night. Friday night, ESPN. I kind of give uh, Oscar, you know, some hell sometimes about some of the shows that he does. Uh, I'm, I'm actually very, very, uh, just, I'm enthused, man. I can't wait. This is going to be a good fight, a uh, really, really quick fight uh, from his last fight. Ryan Garcia bouncing back, not even maybe a couple months, you know, after his last fight. Uh, destruction over uh, Fernando Vargas, not that Fernando Vargas, a little smaller and a little worse. <laughs> But uh, fighting Jason Velez, man. I mean, uh, former title challenger, 26-4 and four with one draw. Never been stopped. 18 knockouts to his credit off three fights. You know, uh, a win streak. I mean, he's just, you know, uh, and every loss that he's had, I mean, well, every loss he's had in the last couple losses, uh, split decision to Rene Alvarado, who's no slouch. Now, Fredo Santiago is a majority decision loss. Um, you know, but JoJo Diaz, Bimianamsley, Ronnie Rios, but all these guys are decent fighters. Um, you know, he had a draw with Gravovich before Gravovich, you know, kind of went belly up with his career. But um, and that's when you know uh, Gravovich was 19 and 0 at the time. So, you know, this guy, uh, he's going to come to fight. He really is. He, uh, I haven't been real high on uh, Ryan Garcia. I mean, he's he's a work in progress. I think they're kind of pushing him a little too much. I think they got a little bit of, a little bit too much hype, you know, behind this kid. Um, but he can fight, and this is a, a hell of a litmus test. I mean, the guy's coming off a knockout over Juanma Lopez, and however, you know, Juanma Lopez is not the same Juanma Lopez from you know five six years ago. But you know, it's still in Puerto Rico. If you're a Puerto Rican and you're fighting Juanma Lopez in Puerto Rico, that is a hell of a damn win, and your confidence will be sky high. So take you know take from that what you want. That's still a hell of a victory, you know, especially you know, if you're a Puerto Rican fighter. And uh, you know he's he's going he's going to be going in there hungry. He's never been stopped, you know, and he he's he's the best fighter that Ryan Garcia has ever fought. So this is going to be a hell of a test, a hell of a fight. Um, I'm I'm stoked. I'm very stoked for this fight. Um, but anyway, you know, we got that going on Friday night, ESPN. Uh, I mean, man, we got you know, especially if Triple G Canelo is still going on. My goodness, what a weekend! But still, 
you know, we got we got HBO fights, we got you know ESPN fights on Friday, we got actually uh, AWE American Wealth Network or uh, they're showing the Tony Bellew fight. It's uh, they have it on Dish Network, they have it on Directv, so everybody in the states will be able to watch you know the Tony Bellew you know David Hay fight you know from you know here in the states from their couch. Uh, another plus for the weekend that we're going to have. I mean, um, and that fight, man, I'll tell you what, I just don't see – I like David Hay. David Hay's always been a, a, a good fighter to me, you know, especially at Cruiserweight, man. His fight, even though he lost that fight with Carl Thompson, was just insane. Uh, you know, the guy has had some very good wins against Enzo McAnally. You know, uh, at, at the time, you know, Enzo was being lifted up as a major, major guy. Uh, and he blew him out of the water. I mean, David Hay has what it takes to an extent. I mean, look at him. He, he beat value of, you know, a, a guy that was probably 100 pounds bigger than him, you know, at heavyweight. I mean, I give him credit for some things he's done, but his inactivity and a lot, you know, just we haven't seen the best of David Hay in a long time. And I think, to be honest, it's, he's kind of far gone. And Tony Bell, you, even though he's had an up-and-down career, he's on the he's on the upside now. He's had some good wins. He's he's you know really rebounded from his loss against Adonis Stevenson, and he's just uh you know I think he's going to be the better man Saturday night. Uh, but I still wouldn't mind to see David Hay come out just to kind of I'm a softy when it comes to the old pros. You know their last stand, just like when Vladimir Klitschko fought Anthony Joshua. I was rooting for Klitschko so bad because I knew he tried so hard and he trained so hard for that fight. But unfortunately, it wasn't his night. I don't think that David Hayes is going to – I think he's going to have the same kind of outcome. Um, but it, it's always good to see these guys right off in the sunset, especially with a win. Um, will David Hay do that? No. If he wins the fight, he's not riding off in the sunset. No way in hell. Um, and he'll probably end up getting a, another title shot and, and you know probably losing that fight. So, you know, who would do best? You know, if they were victorious, and I think Tony Bell, you would probably you know do a little bit better if you won, get a bigger opportunity. Um, you know, I don't know if he should fight for the heavyweight championship. He's, I don't think he could do that um, physically, but I think he's going to win the fight. I, I just do. Something tells me he's going to. Um, and but I, I want a good fight, and that's hopefully that's what we get. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm hoping uh, you know AWE plays the whole card. Because the whole car is actually quite interesting too. I mean, you got a, uh, you know, for one. Well, I'm gonna go back to ESPN at first. You know, Ryan Garcia, Jason Velez, great fight. Gary O'Sullivan, Spike O'Sullivan, guy we've been talking about. You know, he's been rumored for Triple G and Danny Jacobs and everybody at middleweight. But then he pulls out abruptly of Triple G in order to face a, a, a welterweight who hasn't fought in almost well about a year and a half. Uh, Gary Spikosolvin's fighting Berlin Abreu, and you know I've seen Abreu fight. He's all right, man. He's he's, he's a decent fighter. Um, is he ready for a guy like Spikosolvin? Probably not. I mean, you know, Sammy Vasquez coming up, you know, at welterweight, you know, when he was 12 and 0, knocked him out in four rounds. It was a good, decent give and take fight, um, but he hasn't really done a whole lot since. You know, he did have a split decision win over against uh, David Emmanuel Peralta, who beat you know, Robert Dugos Guerrero uh, a couple years ago. And, you know, that was his probably best win of his career. I mean, I don't think – at 147, when you're the commission, you've got to watch this close. I mean, this guy's a, a good fighter, you know, but he's a welterweight. He hasn't fought in a year and a half, and then all of a sudden he's going from welterweight to middleweight? 
against the guy who was being rumored to fight Triple G. I mean, come on, man. This is I don't like that whatsoever. Um, you you got to look at you know at the guy's health. I mean, you just got to when you gain that much weight and you have you know that much inactivity, bad things can happen. So I really want to see Spike O'Sullivan. I hope it is a good fight, but you never know. I mean, this guy is, is never – he's fought it – it's been – he hasn't fought at middleweight since 2012, you know, and then he went to 147. How's he going to hold up? You know, there are a lot of questions that are going to be answered that need to be answered. I wish they would be answered before he fights a guy like Spike O'Sullivan, but at least we get to see Spike and hopefully have a, a you know an exciting night of fights on Friday and then going on to Saturday. So, um, But anyway, let me see here. And that's really about it on that card. I mean, but still, it's 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 a good, it's a decent card. You know, Garcia, Velez, O'Sullivan, Abreu, you know, it's Friday night. It's ESPN. I'm not going to give uh, Oscar De La Hoya any crap about that. It's a decent match card. But I'm, I'm just, I, I still think he's pushing Ryan Garcia way too fast. I just, and, and if you guys disagree, call in, 929-477-1952. Again, that's 929-477-1952. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. You know, is he moving him too quick or is it just right? Or, you know, or is he that phenomenal of a talent? You know, we'll definitely see, uh, you know, what kind of gauge um, Jason Velez is going to be. I mean, if he goes out and blows out Jason Velez in one or two rounds, I mean, holy crap. You know, I will be on the bandwagon. You know, but do I think that's going to happen? I don't think so. I mean, I really don't see him doing that to Velez. I wouldn't be shocked if Velez gives him the toughest fight of his career. I mean, Velez has a major chance in this fight. He's a live dog, in my opinion. Oscar De La Hoya is not a stupid guy. Uh, but, you know, I think they might have been – They might maybe they're picking him for, for the right reasons. I don't see it, but we'll find out Friday night. I think it's going to be a, a very good litmus test for Ryan Garcia. It's going to gauge exactly where he's at. And uh, we need a big superstar right now, you know, in his in his weight division. We need some good upcoming guys, and it'd be great, great to see it happen. But man, that's a hell of a test, you know, just coming off a fight two months earlier. So, but anyway, we got that. We got uh, on especially on the AWE card, we got some uh, Paul Butler's fighting. I've always been a fan of Paul Butler. You know, he, he he's uh, fight, fighting. Uh, let me see who's he. I can't remember who he's. <laughs> Because I mean, I'm, everybody's so stoked on David Hay and Tony Bellew, so you know that's why I'm not. Uh, it, it was off the top of my tongue anyway. But anyway, I'm, I got to look back. My mind ain't like what it used to be. Oh, Emmanuel Rodriguez, 17 Emmanuel Rodriguez. I've seen Emmanuel fight. You know, he's a good fighter. I mean, I I think Paul Butler is so seasoned now. I mean, the guy lost to the you know one of the best guys around his his division. I mean, and Zolani uh, Tetti. I mean, he is a damn good fighter. I mean, even though he 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 didn't struggle, he was just boring as hell against Omar Narvaez. You know, a couple weeks back. But you know, Tete is a tough tough kid. Very good champion. And if that's the only loss of your career, you know, and that's been years ago, you know, you're a pretty damn good fighter. And uh, Paul Butler is a very good fighter. I think he's going to be victorious against Rodriguez, but I think it's going to be a good fight. Um, and speaking of being active, just like Ryan Garcia, I mean, this guy just fought uh, in Greenwich against Jefferson Vargas. He was a 5-7 and seven guy, but he's it's a tune-up fight, but he just fought, I mean, about, about two and a half, three months ago. So you got to give him credit. He's a champion fighting every three months. I mean, that's that's 
to me, that's 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 stuff you applaud guys for. I mean, you got champions now; they fight once every year, once every two years, and no one cares. You know, they're a once a year fighter. Oh, it's okay; it's normal because most champions are doing that now. And then you got a guy like you know, Paul Butler fighting every three, four months, keeping you know, as a champion. Um, you know, you you, you got to respect the guy. I mean, technically not a champion now. It's a vacant title he's fighting for, but the guy has kept. You know, he he has been there before. He has been a champion, and he's keeping it. You know, I mean, very active. I, I just like what I see with with that guy. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, it'll be a good fight. I think it's going to be a very good card. You know, I just love the fact that you know they're they're showing love to the UK fighters over here in the states. I've always been high on a you know, AWE. Um, they, they started doing that back in the day. Uh, a friend of the show, Mark Abrams, was uh, doing commentary for him, and uh, I don't know if he's doing it anymore. But you know, they really stayed with the boxing. So I'm I'm, I'm proud to have uh, AWE, you know, broadcasting these fights. Hopefully, uh, more networks start. You know, they start keep on keep on doing it, and uh, so we can keep on seeing the game. I mean, you know, sometimes you get no fights at all in the states, and then you'll have some good stuff in, in England, and you know, no one's covering it. Some fights in France, no one's covering it. Yeah, I want to see more of this international flavor. And, uh, you know, because boxing is boxing. It don't matter where it is. If it's a good fight, yeah, we should have the access to watch it here. Um, and, of course, we talked about Bell Um, You know, Lenroy Thomas. I, I know Lenroy is a good guy. 22-4, and four, is fighting Joe Joyce. <sighs> Man, I'll tell you what, I haven't been impressed from what I've been seeing of Joyce. He's got a real telegraphing right hand. He's got a hell of a body. I mean, physical, just, you know, phenomenal, you know. But he's he seems like he's kind of slow to me. Uh, is he going to beat Lenroy Thomas? Probably, more than likely, is it going to give him, you know, gauge where he's at right now? I'm not so sure. Um, I, I want to see Joe Joyce fight, but I want to see if he's improved from the last time. Because last time I wasn't really impressed. I think the uh, the fight of the night, maybe besides Bellew and Hague, is, of course that, that'll be it, uh, is going to be John Ryder versus Jamie Cox. That's going to be a hell of a fight. I hope they televise you know, four of the five or five, five of the fights on the card. We'll see. But uh, you know, anyway, we're going to keep on going, keep on talking. And, uh, you know, Golovkin, Vonis, I already told, told everybody what I felt about that. Um, you know, it, it's going to be – Man, I think five to eight rounds, to be honest with you. And I like Vonis. We were close to having him on the show, but they did the final press conference today. I don't want to bother him too much. Um, you know, he has the option to call in if he wants to. Hopefully, you know, he'll do that. But uh, I've been knowing him since he fought, you know, early in his career, man. And he, he's a hard luck fighter, you know, uh, Olympian. I've always respected Vonis. I'm glad he got this opportunity, but, man, I just don't think – I mean, you're a 154-pound fighter. You've never been up to middleweight. You fought some decent punching guys, but Gennady Golovkin, you know, is not just a decent guy. You know, he's a phenomenal fighter. He's you know one of the hardest punching guys at middleweight, or in, in probably pound for pound. And uh, I don't know if Vonis can keep him off of him. Um, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. And then, like I said before, Cecilia uh, Brakus is fighting Cali Reyes. Um, I think Brakus is gonna win that fight probably be a decision but you know russell medea is 11 and 0 and he's an upcoming guy you know fighting jesus perez he's 21 and 0 i wish they would have put like that on also like a triple you know since uh since uh gonzalez is not fighting anymore uh he had to pull out of the fight you know make it a triple hitter but you know anyway i just hate seeing guys that are 11 and 0 12 and 0 
you know, 21 and 0. You know, these undefeated guys fighting, and there's no coverage on it. I, I, I hope we could. Uh, I wish we could see it, but that's that's a pretty good fight on that card. Um, but anyway, we're, and I'm just going through some things, and I want to talk about some news too that's been going on, and I'll go ahead and just do that. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do right now. I, for well, for one, I'm going to bring in, <laughs> and this is perfect. You know, perfect timing. Andre Rozier, my man, what is going on? What's happening, Captain? Holding it down solo, man. Solo? Where's the truth? Where's the truth at? Where's the truth? I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? The show must go on, and I'm just bringing it, man. Got to bring the heat, baby. Hey, listen. Well, you know what? I'm here. As always, I got your back. Yes, sir. All the way down the track. All day long, and that's why I got nothing but love for Andre Rozier, Mister Brooklyn, King of Brooklyn. You know, you can't, you never let your, you know, your friends, you know, you never let them down, man. When I need you, you, you extend that hand out. <laughs> like Michael Jackson used to say, "I'll be there." <laughs> man, you ain't been out here five seconds, and you talk about you, you already quoted Michael Jackson. It's gonna be a hell of a show, my friend. <laughs> yes, it is. And and I got the I got one of the best lightweights on the planet in the car with me right now, riding shotgun. The one, the only, Richard Cummy. Richard Cummy, man. Well, I'll tell you, Richard's one of my favorite fighters. <laughs> I, I saw some stuff going on. I want to ask you about it. You know, and hell, let's ask Richard too. What he thinks. I'm hearing rumors, and you're hearing the same thing. Mikey Garcia is fighting Robert Easter. Yeah, I've heard the um, the winds of change are moving in that direction, and uh, Richard wanted a crack at uh, Robert Easter again, uh, but it didn't look like Robert wanted something that worked right now. But... Um, we're going to wait and see what happens after that fight takes place. I believe we will be fighting uh, on that card, on the uh, undercard, and just staying sharp and staying progressively ready to um, make Richard a world champion. And, um, hey, may the best man win. But, you know, one thing, Andre, Richard deserves a rematch. He did what he had to do. And, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all dropping in, in the fire pit, baby. I got to be real. I respect Robert Easter. I respect Mikey Garcia. But this man has fought his ass off. He did what he had to do. He went to San Antonio, knocked out an undefeated guy, you know, for you know, for the chance to get Robert Easter again. He, he, he gave Robert Easter the toughest fight of his career. And he comes back strong. He was, you know, mandated to fight a fight for the, you know, for for the chance to avenge his loss, and it was mandatory. And he wins that opportunity by a spectacular performance. And now he's just going to say, "Oh, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to put you on on the side. I'm going to fight for bigger money." These. The, these these sanctioning bodies should grow some balls and say this guy has already did what he had to do. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you think you're going to fight. I don't care what kind of money you're going to make. You're going to fight this man first. I totally agree. Uh, Richard showed his wherewithal. Uh, actually, I'll tell you a funny bit of a story. 
um, that was the first time that I actually had uh, ever seen Richard Bach. And I was like, who is this young man? And a few folks were telling me, oh, he's uh, Richard Comey from Ghana. He can fight. I said, well, you know, he's fighting Robert Easton. I've never met him. I know this is a tough fight. So as I'm watching him fight, I'm like, wait a minute. This kid's got the goods. He's really got the goods. And it was a to and fro. And uh, as being a, <laughs> being a technical coach, I'm always watching and saying, you know what, I would have him do this. And I think we could do that better if I had my hands on him and so on and so forth. Funny how fate would put those pieces to play. And I would meet his manager in England, and lo and behold, Richard is now part of the Habit Clan. There you go. I'll tell you what, I've I heard a lot about Richard Comey coming up. I think I've I seen him, uh, who did I see him fight? I think I've seen him fight uh, on a card in, uh, in your call, I believe. And I think he was. I think he fought Chris Hughes. And I, I, I seen him. I'm like, man, this guy can. This kid can fight. And I and I, then I didn't hear from him for a little while. And I, I looked and I kept on checking his box rec. Every you know, about every month, I would just kind of peep in on box rec. You know, what, what's my guy Richard Comey doing? And then boom, there's a win. Boom, there's a win. And I'm like, man, he's getting better. He's getting better. And then he, he beats Gary Buckland, a, a very good fighter, you know, in England. And uh, he he beats him. You know, he went 12 rounds against a guy, but he's tough. And I'm like, man, he's he's doing all right. Then he fights uh, my my guy uh, um, uh, Baja, Baja Mama Mama, uh, Mama Johnoff, and he right. knocks him out in eight rounds. And I'm like, oh, Richard Comey is getting it. And then uh, you know, all of a sudden he's he's on ESPN fighting uh, Robert Easter and giving Robert Easter the, the, the fight of his life, man. And uh, you know, it, and then all of a sudden he goes, you know, to Moscow and fighting Shavikov, and then he got shafted there. And then you know he he gets one win, goes with you, and boom, you know he, he's doing it, man. I mean, uh, the Robert Easter fight. Robert knows that that Richard is getting better. I can see it, and a lot of people can see it. And he don't like what he's saying. And but who cares? You're a champion. You fight who's in front of you. You fight who they tell you to fight. And it just to me. I don't think they should have that option, man. I don't think they should just say, you know what, I'm not fighting you. You know, the IBF is just going to say, oh, we're going to put it on hold. You know, we're not going to worry about it. We'll let him fight Garcia first, and then we'll go from there. No, man, you shouldn't be doing that. They're doing the same thing with with Derenchenko, the IBF. The IBF doing the same thing right now. But I heard some good news about that too, Andre. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. For people that don't know, let everybody know what is the current status with the IBF, Triple G, and Sergey the Technician. Well, basically, what we have going on now, uh, which is pretty fantastic news, is that there was a inception given for Triple G to box against uh, Matarosian, and in that in that um, statement, he has. 90 days to defend his title against Sergey, which is not going to happen, as we all do know, because he's going to be fighting Canelo. So, hence, it will be without fail that the IBF strap will be rendered vacant. And Sergey, the technician, Delvinchenko, will be fighting for it. There you go. 
Who do you? Who, I mean, just in your personal opinion, Andre, who do you think they're gonna they're gonna pull out of the woodwork to fight him? Well, I you know that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, Danny handled it so well at the press conference. Um, we I, I didn't have to say that he said, well, they they people and you know reporters and media they are what they are. They were like, well, Danny, would you fight Derevchenko and he stated emphatically, well, Sergey is a part of our team, and he's like family. And um, there's other directions that I can go in, and I will. So there's no need for me to fight Sergey, which was the classiest answer you could ever get. And that was the best answer you, you could hear. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You'd be in a position, man. <laughs> Exactly, and you know, but my son, he spoke eloquently, and he just shut it down. And uh, you know, it's it's like the the, the hunger mongers, uh, they say things, but it don't it doesn't seem like it's a situation where other people will be like feeding off of it because, for instance, uh, Laura, um, Charlo, uh, Charlo, when they all were fifty fours. They never, ever, ever had any talk about them fighting each other because they were with Ronnie and it was a close-knit situation. But lo and behold, we get the the brunt of it and and we're asked a million questions. But Danny handled it so well, I didn't even have to bring it back up. There you go. There you go. I mean, you know, and, and, and that weighs heavy on you too as a trainer. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? You know, I mean, and you don't want to see two guys you care about, you know, beating the hell out of each other. Right. Exactly. And but yeah. you know what? When when the waters are, are lucrative and filled with enough fish to keep on throwing your hook in, why do you have to put your hook in somebody's basket who already caught a fish? There you go. Well, I'm going to read a tweet. Uh, Sean... Latchent, Lachent, Lachent. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Sean. But 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 at Sean Lachent, Lachent ah, on Twitter, ATG Radio. Who do y'all think is going to win between David Hay and Tony Bellew? I said that a little bit ago. I think Bellew's probably going to win that fight. I don't know if it's going to go. I think it could go to the decision this time, or it could you know end a lot like it did last time, a late knockout. Uh, I think Bellew is is on the up and up, and I think David Hay is still kind of he, he he's breaking down, man. It's like every time he tries, he's always injured. He's always always something wrong. Um, if he goes out like this is going to be his last hurrah, and he's really you know training his ass off for this fight, he has a good shot. But I just think that Bellew's going to pull it off. And I hope I'm wrong. I like David Hay. I like to see him. Like I say, I want to see this guy do like a. Um, Right off into the sunset, you know, have that, have that, uh, you know, that big defining moment, and and just walk away from the game. But I know that David Hay won't ever do that. Uh, he is a warrior, but Bellew is too. So it's two good guys in in in, in this fight. I just think Bellew is going to pull it off. I think he's just he's on the up and up, man. He's he's riding high right now. Andre, what do you think about that? David Hay, Tony Bellew, this Saturday night. I listen. I would love to see David. Uh, Win the fight. I think David's good for boxing. Uh, David's a charismatic um, heavyweight that comes in looking like a heavyweight should look. And um, 
and he can fight, but the injuries do worry me uh, a lot. And I don't know if he's healthy enough to pull the um, the job off. And if he is, I think he could. But if he's not, uh, if he's not a hundred percent. Uh, I think it might be a repeat of what took place the first time. ATG Radio two four zero two four zero. You're in the call. You're in the studio. What's going on? Welcome to ATG Radio. Hello. Two four zero. How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. Who we got? Oh man, let me tell, let me introduce this. Let me introduce this. Wonderful, wonderful individual. Let me do it, Captain. Do you know who it is? I know who it is. I'm Are you sure? All right. From Are you sure? <laughs> I am. Sir, I am certainly sure. Let me do this one here. It's not who you think it is. It's 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 just as good. <laughs> From the Washington D.C. area. It is one of the best trainers. It's, it's not him. <laughs> it's 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 another guy, but he's he's one of the best. He was one of the best, you know, in his division. A guy that knows the UK boxing scene. A guy that knows a lot of the guys we're talking about right now. Tony, the Tiger Thompson. Tony, what's up, buddy? Tony. Champ, you with us? Hello? Tony. This is Barry. Mike, that's huh? not Tony. <laughs> Somebody just told no, but I put up my switchboard, Tony Thompson. No, 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 no. I was introduced. Let, let me finish my introduction. <laughs> Frank is, is, is pulling a trick on me, man. But you are right. I'm sorry, it. Champ. As I was saying. As I would say, I'm gonna let you speak. <laughs> one of the best trainers on the planet, scholarly, intellectually, spiritually, leading his troops. The man behind the headbangers. The one, the only brother, Barry Hunter. What's up, <laughs> hey, look, man. I ain't deserve all that, bro, but man, I love you too, man. Thank you, bro, Dre. I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Doing great, Barry. We're doing, we're doing pretty good. We got Big Mike Dawes, the captain of the ship, leading the way, and we're talking. We got a three-way conversation going on here. Apparently, Big you Mike, just took the helms as captain because I don't even know who Barry Hunter is. I'm, I'm mistaking Barry Hunter for Tony Thompson, so I'm definitely not the captain tonight, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, we, we actually do have Tony Thompson calling in here after a while too. I used okay, to train yeah. him too. So, so Barry, how's everything going? Uh, what's going on with the gym? Just let us know how everything is going for the headbangers, and let us know how Barry Hunter is doing. Man, well, first of all, I, I thank God for allowing me to be here tonight and to do what I do. He's blessed me, you know, time and time again, and uh, and I'm doing just fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, as far as the gym is concerned, the gym is always the gym, and we don't have no problems at that gym. That's another thing that God blessed us with. He blessed that house. So, 
You know, as we speak now, we just came off a victory with Rashid Warren in, in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, young from Kazakhstan, stand name uh, Chingis Tazembek. He also did well, and um, we're preparing for, uh, I believe it's Jamil Chalo uh, with Austin Trout. So everything is fine, man. Man, there you go. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I want to ask, you know, I want to give you props. Man. I mean, one of the things, you know, a lot of people that know you, you know, definitely know about your work with the Peterson brothers. But, you know, you've done so much good work with these kids. And just like Andre, you know, you seem like the kind of trainer that you don't just have a client. You just don't have a guy that, you know, works with you. You've got family. You've got a son. you got, you know, you adopt these guys. You, you take care of your, 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 your people, your family. And you're you're a mentor, you're a trainer, you know, you're everything to these guys. And you put your whole life on the line, you know, to help your kids at the gym. And that's what Andre does. And I just got mad respect for you, Barry. Oh, well, I thank you for that. I really appreciate that, man. Your kind words. Um, Dre and I, you know, uh, we came through this game banging and slinging. You know, and I remember the first time I ever met him was in a little, uh, uh, I believe it was a festival in Prospect Park years ago. You remember that, Dre? Yes, I certainly uh, do. Uh, yeah, Curtis Stevens, with his Dre nephew, which is my nephew also, uh, he was a baby then, and he was fighting in Prospect uh, uh, Park. And, um, you know, from there, you know, we just grew, you know, uh, as far as brotherhood was concerned. And uh, along with us, you had people like Virgil Hunter. You had Nazem Richardson, which was a great trainer for Bernard Hopkins and, and among uh, just a few. I mean, to speak about one, put it that way. Um, you had Mike Stafford, uh, you know, all these guys, man, we came through the mud together. I mean, times that we didn't even have uh, transportation uh, to go to these tournaments with about 13, 14 kids in the seven passion van, we made it happen. So, you know, <laughs> with us, it's all about love, man. It's always been about love. That's the core uh, to what it is we do, and it's about family. And, 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 and so, you know, as long as God I have me out here on this battlefield, that's where I'm going to be. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, last time we've seen, uh, you know, Lamont Peterson, you know, unfortunately he was unsuccessful, you know, against Errol Spence. You know, how is Lamont doing? What's going on with him right now? Is he planning on making a comeback, you know, anytime soon? And also with Anthony. Lamont is fine. Anthony's fine. Uh, Lamont just came back from vacation. He's a funny guy, you know. Lamont, he never complained one way or another. You know, it's been a many a time that, again, God has touched us being that winning circle and come out victorious. So when it's our turn to fall a little short, we never complain about it. We can't complain. It would really be an insult to complain because over the years we've been blessed so many times. And uh, as far as Anthony is concerned, as far as Anthony is concerned, Anthony, you know, just like his brother, they stay in the gym. That's his thing. You know, uh, and uh, so hopefully around August, September, you see both of them back in the ring again. Man, I'll tell you what, it's been a long, I mean, the, the last time I did, you know, that Anthony, I think, fought for a bell was against Rios, wasn't it? And that's been a minute ago. Yeah, that's been a long time ago. You know, of course, he's been fighting since then uh, on the undercurrent, and hopefully this year be his year to get a shot back at that world title again. Um, kids like Earl Spence, Kids like Earl Spence, um, Jesse Hart that I just saw fight, um, 
uh, Marcus Brown, uh, and this just go on and on. I had the pleasure of working with all these kids at one time or another when we all were on the national team together. And I heard you mention Tony Thompson, and me and Tony went on a minute journey. We got to Clisco twice. So, you know, uh, again, uh, it's been an amazing ride for me. Uh, I don't know how much time that uh, Dre and I have left. Like I said before, when I get my call to walk into the sunset, you know, I, I'll take that and I'll be blessed, you know, feeling the way I felt over all these years, man. I had an amazing ride, man. There you go. But you know what? Uh, you can tell the love stays there of the game. You know, you and Andre both, you, you were two trainers that truly love the game of boxing. You know, it's not a game. It's the, the sport, the life of boxing, you know, and uh, you, you can just tell. You know, certain guys, when, you know, you watch them in the corner, you know, I'm not going to mention no names, but I'm sure you guys probably know the same <laughs> the names I'm thinking about. You know, they, they it's it's a job to them. It's like an everyday, you know, it's it's like it's scripted to me. You know how they talk to these kids. You know, every time you you talk to your fighters, you know, it, it's something new. You're always, you know, you you can tell when a guy loves his job, and I can tell that with you and Andre, and there's other guys out there. You know, oh, you'll never fall out of love with boxing. Real love, real love, you can't fake it. You either have it or you don't. And it's easy to ride with someone when they're winning uh, or when it's already made. But I bear witness to Andre, just like the other coaches that I named, you know, just to name a few. I was there with them. They were there with me. We didn't. We, we, we had absolutely nothing. Yeah, I remember times when Dre and, and Andre, you can kind of back me if I did lie, tell them tell I'm lying. But I remember times when we were in the, cha- when, uh, in the national tournament fight, like the U.S. championships, and every time the kids would win, Andre would be up in the room sewing boxing trunks. Sewing <laughs> trunks. You know what I mean? And, and this is true. And, and, and once we advanced, every day we had different trunks we were fighting. In. Andre and I started – Years ago, and he said he had he still had one of the original shirts, and I still want a copy of it. We had a, a group that we named the Coalition, and if he show you that shirt and the names that were on that shirt back then, most of them became world champions or fought for world titles. Then it was a movement, and our whole thing was to kind of put a fence around the kids that we trained and walk them into the pros without us having to get there, do all the work, and somebody else turn around and capitalize off the things that we've done. There you go. And it also leads down to the fire of loyalty. You know, loyalty sometimes in boxing is not always there. But when you've got loyal trainers that dedicate their whole life to, you know, bringing this kid up, you know, uh, the loyalty should be there from the other side too. That's just how I think. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, it's funny you just said what you said, because before I called you guys, I just got a call from one of the guys that's in the brotherhood. You know, I won't call his name. And, uh, you know, he kind of, you know, down himself right now because he got he has an amazing fighter, too, um, that gave him a call tonight. And, and in other words, he replaced him. You know, and you know how it is. When you're winning, it's all about, you know, it's all the fighter. When you lose, it's your fault. And we see it time and time again. And it's a hurting thing when you take a kid from, you know, uh, like an un, unshaped piece of clay and you mold him and you shape him. And a lot of times, most of these coaches treat the fighter as though it's his blood son or daughter. 
you know, and, 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 and do it to the point where though they almost put their own family, I won't say almost some of us did, put their own family on the back burner. And then after all of this, when they turn pro or they get a shot or what have you, they turn around and walk away from that same person that sacrificed their entire life for So absolutely, it's a hurting thing. I get it, and I sympathize with my brother tonight. You know, it, it made me feel so bad, but there's nothing I could do. My hands are absolutely tied. And, and that's the thing, because, you know, fighters, they, they take these losses. They think, oh, you know, I'm going to change my whole team. You know, it's going to get better. You know what? You know, that trainer they're replacing felt the same hurt. Not not exactly. He didn't feel the lumps and the bruises the next morning. But he felt a lot of the same hurt that the fighter himself felt when he lost that fight. Because, it's you know, these fighters are so important to you guys. And, you know, you guys feel the pain, you know, when your guys take that loss. Yeah, and then to follow that up with getting fired after that, just because you know, you, you, just because a fighter has a bad day, don't always mean the trainer that's training him. You know, things happen. You know, and you, uh, you are absolutely right. That's why I love Lamont Anthony so much because through hell and high water, our good times, our bad times, nobody on this planet could ever separate us. Nobody. I mean, and that's rare. Uh, like you said, when the checks come even though the coach was the one responsible for that skill set that you out there making a ton of money for, the checks don't come in the coach's name. When the belt is handed down, there's no belt or no ring for the coach. So it's almost like, you know, you really don't exist, which is a movement now going on trying to give coaches that actually uh, uh, win world titles with their fighter to give them some type of belt or award also. And I think rightfully so they deserve it. You look at the NBA, you look at the NFL, you look at baseball, even hockey, everybody on that team, including the water boy, get a ring. There you go. Because it's a team participation. You know, and, and Absolutely. Try to try to fight twelve rounds without your corner. Or try to go in and, and water yourself down or I want to give a little love to uh, some of our Twitter followers. Like, you know, one one Twitter follower has a question right now. Boxing Invasion at Boxing Invasion on Twitter. Ask Barry Hunter where he thinks Adrian Broner is going to end up. You know, you were talking about Mike Stafford. We everybody knows he uh, made that change. Well, he actually had Mike still working with him. But he brought in uh, Kevin Cunningham from St. Louis, Devin Alexander's trainer. You know, what do you think? How do you think he's going to end up, and how do you think that change was for him, for the for the better, for the worse? That's, that's you know, of course, that's a that's a little touchy for me because I know Kevin. You know, I love Adrian. Been you know here with us. He used to live down here with us in D.C. and uh, Patrice Harris, Boogie Harris. You know, the most famous pad man on the planet. Adrian lived with him. And uh, 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 Mike Stafford, of course, I watched Mike take kids from zero, just like Andre, round zero, you know, all the way up to world title fights, Olympics. I mean, you name it, this man is outstanding as far as what he's done in his community and as far as what he's done for the kids. On the flip side, Kevin did the same thing with Devin Alexander and Corey Spinks and the rest of them. So, that's kind of like a touchy subject for me. I'd rather not speak on it because I love all the uh, guys involved. I will say this, though. 
if Adrian ever embraced the natural abilities and gifts that God has bestowed upon his head, then again, like I said, we, we run, you know, we're not as young as we used to be, but nevertheless, he would have been became something that the world, you know, would 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 have wouldn't have seen in a long time, in my opinion. Because I I know what he I've even watched him at the Olympic Training Center go down there and flip with the Olympic gymnasts and was flipping just as good as they were. So he was he was an outstanding athlete. You know what I mean? And um, I just hope that he do all he needs to do so the world, you know, will finally embrace him, you know, and not the antics, but what he's capable of doing. Well, he was pushed in the corner in his last fight, and he, but he come out. He, he came out fighting. He wasn't fighting as much as, as he should have early in that fight, but he started, you know, realizing that he was he was losing that fight possibly, even though he won't admit it. He started fighting a lot better the later the fight went. If we start seeing more of that AB at the end, and not the AB at the end, you know, in, in the interview, that wasn't good in my opinion. But the fighting at the end of that fight was good. Adrian really, you know, he he, uh, he dug deep when he had to, but he just didn't do well, enough I, early in that fight for me. But you know, I, tell you I, I hope what, he can go. He has all the talent, man. If you go back to, if you go back to after. Um, uh, the, fight, the first fight that he lost um, And I came in the gym one day And he was sitting on the ring And uh, and We talked about it And he said well you know I want you guys to go back with me again And so we put the band back together And we had And if you look at All the people that were on that squad At that time you had Adrian You had Rashi Warren and, and keep in mind at this particular time Nobody had a belt you had Adrian, you had Rashid Warren, you had Robert Easton, you had Anthony Peterson, you had Lamont Peterson, you had Javante Davis. I mean, it was elite. Jerry Hurd was on. He was in there, too. Uh, Erickson Lubin, um, uh, Hammer. Uh, it was just all of them was in there on one squad and still shopping still. So every time we used to go out the house, and we had a group of world-class coaches also, so when we would go out the house, Everybody would go out there, do their job, knock somebody out, come back, and was back on again. Now, Adrian was in that gym. Adrian is 100-0 with a 99% knockout ratio. Those are true numbers, and the numbers don't lie. So, in closing, as far as Adrian is concerned, I love him. I hope he go out there and do the things that's necessary that it takes for him to become that legend that he seeks to become. Well said. Well said. Well, let me ask you this. You were talking about uh, Jermell Charlo and Austin Trout. You said you're going to be working with uh, – you're working – who are you working with? I'm working with Trout. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, is this – you just picked up Trout? I mean, I didn't even hear about this. No, Trout uh, – actually, Trout was a member of that squad, too. Uh, it was just a United Force. And uh, we had Trout for all the way up until, I think, uh, I fight – I think it was four or five, five fights. He knocked everybody out. He lost what I thought was a very, very close decision that could have went away to me against the Charlo brother. The first one, I believe it was Jamal. And um, uh, he turned around the last fight against Hurd. He went back to Las Cruces. And then once he lost that fight, he called me the next day, actually. Text me the next day, you know, and you know, and I know how he felt, but nevertheless, I told him 
But you got to take that responsibility. That was on you, bro. It wasn't on the training. It wasn't on your promoter, management. It was on you. Once you accept that, then you can get better. But if you keep telling yourself something different, you're uh, uh, untrue, then you, you're going to be where you are. So he called when he got this fight and said, I'm on my way back to D.C. I said, let's get it. Was it kind of refreshing for and, and and you know your guys and you know how you know it's a mental game man you know how mental this this sport is you know when he seen Jared Hurd first guy to ever knock him out a lot of people you know said he might be on the downside since Jared Hurd you know knocked in a fight that he was very competitive in but Jared Hurd got the better of him you know late in that fight you know since he's seen Jared Hurd you know beat Laura does that kind of give him a little bit more focus and just a little bit like a wake up so you know what. It wasn't that bad. He, he's a lot better than people were thinking. He beat Laura. Now, you know, he beat me too. But you know what? This gives him more incentive to go out and still, you know, do what I got to do. Well, when you look at her, and we got mad love for her. He's a homeboy. And I'm always going with the home team unless I'm in the opposite corner. But when you look at her, honestly, the majority of people, they can say what they want to say now, they, all of them, the majority of them thought her was going to lose. And, and, and damn it, all them fights. He beat the odds every single time. Now, what he may lack in skill, he make up with hard and courage. Those are uh, two that are not on your stat sheet. And that one of the, uh, the, the best wheels that I've ever seen. Like you say, all those fights that he won, he was the underdog. And he came through each and every time. So I think he's very deserving of what he's getting, him and his coach. You know, he got a terrific coach in Ernesto. I think he's getting what he deserves. But if you go back to the fight, win him and Austin fought. Austin was winning the fight going away. But once again, Jared imposed his will on Austin, and he finally broke him down. I mean, uh, according to Austin, you know, well, I think it was between two or four, he said his energy was gone. And I think looking back at that fight, based on what I saw, Jared has a way of making people fight out of their comfort zone. He makes them fight harder than they need to fight. And then down the end, if you notice, everybody fights down the stretch, the wheels start to come off. Or he end up catching with a right hand or uppercut and put him out. He's a big, strong, young kid. And, uh, again, continued success to him. He deserves it. And, uh... You know, down with the critics say. Just keep doing what you're doing. Same thing like Deontay Wilder. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, his his upcoming opponent, you know, Jermel Charlo, you know, to me, I've seen him fight John Jackson. I've seen John Jackson give him pure hell. That was a while back, but that was proof right there that he can still be outboxed. He hasn't shown that lately because he's been getting knockouts. He's been doing what he has to do. But I still remember that Jackson fight. And is, do you think that he's changed since then, or do you still think that he can be outboxed? I think he got stronger. I don't think no man is invincible. Uh, uh, but definitely going to be a formidable opponent. Uh, Austin know what he has to do. Uh, when you when you get to the uh, the area that Austin has been, and then you when you, when you are where Austin is at now, you know what you have to do. So. Bottom line, whatever uh, um, uh, Brother Chilo brings to the table, we're going to have to have a counter for We have to win a fight. We have to win this fight. Well, you know, Charlo has been kind of involved with everybody except for Austin Trout. <laughs> he's going. He's he's into another. Uh, you know, been going back and forth with Erickson Lubin 
a guy that you, you're very familiar with, a guy that he knocked out in one round, you know, a couple fights back. You know, they're kind of going back and forth. Pictures are being posted. Uh, memes are being posted. You know, but he's talking a lot of smack, and, and both of them are going back and forth. But you're not hearing a lot about Austin Trout. You're hearing about everything else. Do you think that, uh, you know, they're looking past Austin? Could very well be, you know, and, you know, and I hope that's the case. But nevertheless, you know, I look at a lot of these young fighters, you know, and, you know, of course, I came up in the area where I had the, the pleasure of seeing Ray, uh, Ray Leonard and, and Hearns and Hagler, Duran and Lupe Pintor, Alexis Aguilo. I mean, the list is going on and on. And it was a different time back then. It was a different fighter back then. We didn't we didn't have uh, Facebook and Instagram and all that other type of guys. You know, now, you know, this foulness and this poison can go across the world in a millisecond. You know what I mean? Whereas, though, before, it was all about the game. It was all about the love of the sport. It was about boxing. You know what I mean? I don't like to hear that stuff. I don't like to see it. I definitely don't involve myself in that type of uh, that stuff because it's not necessary. Y'all little kids, uh, well, young men now, uh, uh, are very tough, and they got a chance to go through life and do something real special in the sport. And, 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 and if I had anything to say to them, just stick to the, stick to the game. All the other stuff don't matter. Go out there and become, you know, what most people think you can become. That's great. Well, you know, especially Jermell, he better stick to the game because I know, especially with you know your tutoring behind him right now, Austin Trout definitely is sticking to the game. He's sticking to the book. And he's, uh, you know, this this could be his you know, last hurrah right now. I mean, if he loses his fight, you know, you never know. It could be over for him, and he knows that. And uh, he better be ready. Absolutely. I mean, you you can have said it better. You know, uh, you know, it's coming time when you're back against the wall. You tend to focus a whole lot more. So you know, hopefully that's the case, and, and hopefully that night will be his night. Uh, and, and if not, you know. I, 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 Austin is good enough and smart enough to do whatever he needs to do to survive out here. But I definitely think, I mean, I, let me take think out. I know he got the chance. There you go. Well, we're going to talk about the upcoming fight this weekend. It was supposed to be Triple G Canelo, as you and everybody know. Unfortunately, you know, he had we had the issues with, uh, you know, the clenbuterol and everything that happened there. We still get a chance to see Triple G you know, defend his titles against Adonis Motorosian on HBO. What are your thoughts about that, Coach? And uh, and then after that, Andre, I want you to, you know, finish, ask ask all the questions that you, that you want to ask. <laughs> well, Which, well, you know, uh, you, you could ask him any time, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Trouble G was one of the Trouble G was one of the young men at the time that you know, again, that uh, was on the project and now he's a senior. I got a chance to see him in the amateur, and uh, if he, he's an even kill type of guy, you know, you never see him, you know, going uh, one way or the other too much, other than that. Um, what can I say, man? Again. With him, it wasn't about a whole lot of talking. When he got a chance to prove who he was and what he was capable of doing, he did that. So, again, I take my hat off to him. Uh, I, who was his opponent again? Bonus Monterosian. You should know. Bonus was on the national team also. Dre and I was there in Olympic trials when he fought the trial. Uh, against Andre Berto, as a matter of fact. Yes, that's uh, true. Um. Uh, of course, I like Bonnet. 
I would, would like for Barnett to win because we know him uh, personally. Uh, but like I said before, right now, man, listen, man, you got to be a wolf in that ring. So regardless of what the odds are, what people say, or what they think, none of that matters. When that bell rings, like I said, odds are meant to be broken. Get out there and do what it is you've been taught to do all these many years. I don't believe in the boogeyman. He don't exist to me. So go out there and do your thing, man, and, and, and may the best man win. Well said. Andre, you have any questions for Barry Hunter? Well, hey, big bro. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joy and a pleasure to have you in the fire pit. And we, we keep it, man. <laughs> we keep it real and raw. I didn't know you were working with Austin Trout for this fight uh, against Charlo. I have to yeah. switch my gears totally around now because um, I know what hands he's in, and this became a different situation all of a sudden. Well, when he and I appreciate that, Dre. Uh, you know, of course, when we got Austin, I know Austin again. When the kids from the JOs and things of this nature. But um, when he first decided that he wanted to come up and run with the mob, um, we, you know, did our thing. He went out. He had four straight stoppages. You know, and, and Austin never been known to do that. You know, and uh, he had four straight, straight stoppages. Um, then he fought uh, uh, the Chalo, and, um, you know, he fell a little short. But nevertheless, you know, uh, when he came through, of course, you know how that gym is. And it, anybody come through there could be rough because everybody in there could fight. You know what I mean? Anytime you come in that gym, you get all these different world champions and stuff like that there. You know what you – and it was a shock to him when he first came. But nevertheless, you know, he, he buckled down, he got it down, and he went out and did his job every single time. So, you know, I was happy to see him again. Uh, there was a situation as to – uh, why he stayed in Las Cruces the last time. And, uh, you know, it fell a little short against Jerry Heard. Um, but nevertheless, he decided, you know, I'm coming back uh, to D.C. and let's get it. So I'm definitely down for it, man. All right. Now, I got a question for you, Big Bro. Yes, sir. Uh, in your opinion, I'm going to ask you to dig into the pot on this one. Okay. If these two men meet, what do you think the outcome will be? Uh, Danny Jacobs and Charlo. Ah, I, you know, you know who I'm going with, bro. You know, I like Danny in there. I like, I like Danny in there, and not because you're on the phone. You know I mean I like both of these guys, but of course, it's a little bit personal, more so with Danny. You know I mean uh, uh, than Charlo. Um, I just think Danny is maybe at this time just a little bit more seat. I don't think it'll be easy, uh, but nevertheless, I'm gonna go with the home team because that's the home boy. If it if it wasn't for Danny, who he was with you, and uh, and if it wasn't for you, then I might have straddled the fence a little bit. But for the most part, of course, I'm gonna go with the home team. I'm a little bit it's a little bit personal with us. Oh, okay. All right, I'm gonna take you on the other side. You might you might have some personal feelings about this one also, but I'm gonna dig into it. Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. If and when these two men meet, who do you think will be the victor? Only thing I can say now, of course, we went up against Joshua in the amateurs. You know, skill set wise, of course, I give him that. But on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, 
don't bet against Deontay. That's all I say. Deontay is almost like a Jared Hurd type of guy. Nobody likes his skills. You know, uh, 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 what they say, too flat-footed. He throw haymakers, blah, 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 blah. You cannot argue with the results, though. And, right. and from him, he may be the type of guy that if you if he if he uh, if you teach him to be that technical and that tactical, it may throw him all off. It may mess him up. So right. I wouldn't even mess with it. If it if it's working, let it keep going. To Deontay, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Because whatever it is you do, you do it well, and and and, and, and it and, and it works. So don't change the thing. Keep on going. All right, and we got a heavyweight fight coming up this weekend. David Hay and Bellows. What's your What's your feeling on that one? It's been a while since I've seen David Hay fight. Number one, number two, I don't even know uh, anything about uh, Bellows. Uh, you know me, Dre. I don't watch boxing a whole bunch unless it's you know us involved in it. Uh, but uh, hopefully, for the fans' sake, that it, you know it'd be a good outing. Because, you know, my concern with Boston is, and, Jay, we talked about this recently, you got a whole bunch of people coming through this game uh, that are not seasoned. We had a, we had a, uh, uh, we had great mentors. Emmanuel Stewart was one of mine. You know, I, I, Mr. George Washington, who you all have an award or, or a tournament or something named after, which was a legendary uh, a trainer. Down in D.C., you have people like Adrian Davis, Mr. Dave Jacobs, uh, uh, Mr. Gene Hughes. I mean, you had people that you could learn from that mentored you through the game. Ham Johnson was another one, uh, which is the uh, father to Mark Tushop Johnson. And so when you got people like that around to kick that type of knowledge around to you, then, you know, it, 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 it makes you become a better trainer. And if you're a better trainer, then you can create better fighters. Um, I don't see the same no more, Drake. I just don't see the same passion anymore. You know what I mean? And hopefully, you know, we teach enough for our guys where though when we walk away from this thing, it can keep going. But as it stands now, you know, I just don't see it. I don't see it, bro. Oh. Well said. Well said. That's just the reality, man, because when you look at it, and I think you guys spoke about it early on, it's more, it's more about the dollar. There's no more passion like it used to be. I mean, there's no more love like it used to be. And you got, and you have to care about your, you have to care about your mission and your assignment. You have to care about it, or you will not have a successful one. A hundred percent right. You can't be greater than the mission. You can't be greater than the mission. You know what I mean? And when you when when that mission become more about you than the mission itself, then we destined to fail, bro. There you Heaven. go. Heaven. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, My Barry. <laughs> you are you a delight to have on the show. The boxing IQ. I'm going to be honest with you. We got a pretty decent boxing IQ, but when we got guys like you, the IQ rises big time. Nothing but knowledge. You, know, you break down the fights. You know the game inside and out. We love having you on. You're always welcome back anytime. Always good conversation. But you know, good luck with Austin Trout. Didn't know you were training him. I'm excited. I was already excited for the fight, anyways. I think you know they're sleeping on Trout, and he's a, he is a skilled tactician. But now that he has you in his corner again, man, you know I really can't wait for this fight. But I wish you the best of luck, and uh, you know just uh, thanks a lot for coming on, Barry. 
No, I appreciate all the love and the kind words, man. Again, I, you know, to God go all the praise. Uh, uh, I hope to speak to you guys soon. Anytime you need me, just pick the phone up, man. I'm there. Thank you. Sounds good. Take care, Barry. Thank you. One love, big bro. We really appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure and an honor to talk boxing and go through the innuendos of what we do. Uh, there's not a lot of people who have a true love for this game, but I can stand here and know for a fact that you are one trainer who not only lives it, but you love it. And God bless you for that. Thank you, bro. One love, man. Yay. With us, great. Nothing changes, bro. We ride, ride till we die, though. Oh, no doubt. Thank Take you, care, bro. Coach. You have a great night, buddy. You too. Peace. Right. Mr. Washington, D.C. We got Mr. Brooklyn, but we got Mr. D.C. in the house. We had him in the house. You know, top trainer Barry Hunter. You know, just, just a delight to have, Andre. Just good, good, um, just a good aura, you know, aura surrounded him. Just, you know, uh, very good personality, just just a good attitude, man. Incredible. I We met so many years ago, and quite honestly, to tell you the truth, I said when, when I met him and uh, we would commiserate and talk, and, and he said, don't worry, I got your back. And he's always had my back since that moment. I mean, you you come into life and you meet people, and a lot of people will say it, profess it, express it, but very few of them live it. Brother Barry is a, a man that lives it. One of the best. And you in the knew he was coming. You knew that was it. <laughs> Yeah, Frank put Tony Thompson on there, and I'm like, oh. But, you know, we're, we were supposed to get Tony. I don't know if he's going to call in or not, but looking forward to it if he does. I was hoping we could have both of them on the same on the same line. Right, right. But there's right. always a time and a place for that. Barry's, uh, you know, we can get him anytime we want to. It's just a great, you know, it's always a great conversation to have with him. You know, but the, the loyalty, it all comes back down to loyalty there. You know, he's a, he's a loyal trainer. His fighters are loyal fighters. And, you know, it's it's in just like Austin Trout. You know, he worked with Austin Trout before, you know, uh, in the amateurs. You know, Austin has a loss. You know, we talked about some guys that have a loss. They just, you know, they'll drop their trainer and hire somebody new. Well, Austin, you know, went back to his roots and said, you know what, I had success with Barry. I'm going to call him. And now they're hooked back up. And I didn't even know. I didn't have a clue. And that's that just makes it so much more interesting now, knowing that Barry Hunter is going to be working his corner. And you know what the – Funniest thing about it all is uh, when Austin is not with Barry, unfortunately, he comes up short. When he's with Barry, he comes up tall. There you go. So he, 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 my whole my whole concept and belief in this bout coming up with Austin and Charlo has changed now that I know he's working with him again. Man, I'm, I'm stoked. I can't wait, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, cause, and, and he was talking about everybody, you know, picked, uh, you know, a lot of people were picking Trout and, and Hurd was like the underdog and all that. You know, I was about to say, but I wasn't going to gloat too much. I was going to say, well, Andre, you remember who picked that one? <laughs> I actually picked, I picked Hurd against Trout, and I also picked Hurd against Laura. Because right. I've seen it, man. I got that eye too. I've seen it. This this kid has what it takes, and you know 
I think Laura and I, I'm hearing that that fight's going to happen again, and they're mandating the uh, immediate rematch. I don't know what Laura, you know, he knows what he's getting into. I thought he would have found out in that 12th round. Um, I think it's going to be a continuation of the 12th round, and I think this time I would not be shocked if Jared Hurd knocks him out. Oh. I don't think oh. Laura's body can take that pressure no more, man. Well, you know what, I'm Captain, and you know I love I love to create the controversy and the fire pit because it gives people something to think about when we have uh, opinions that don't uh, lay themselves in common ground. Uh, but I'm sorry, this time I think I'm gonna have to ride with you. <laughs> you know, sometimes I get knocked for we agree too much, but you know what? Hey, I understand it. I understand why you're coming to my side because <laughs> you see it exactly in that 12th. To be honest with you, I'm not saying for sure because you know, you know, Ronnie Shields, even though he trains, you know, Jamal Charlo did train Jamel also, you know, and me and Jamel had our, you know, whatever, had our spat, and I'm, I'm a still, I'm a fan of their style of, of their skill, but I just don't like the personal stuff. You know, but me and Ronnie Shields are tight, man. We I've been to his house, met his family. I've been knowing Ronnie for fifteen, twenty years. And oh man, Ronnie's family. Ronnie's he's really, family. really good people. I respect Ronnie Shields utmost, and me and him have had a lot of good times. Uh, but I think deep down, I think he knows that that Laura. I think that twelfth round did Laura in, and I don't mean in that fight. I really think that that Laura might be done after that twelfth round. Oh. Well, yeah. I, you know, I have to, I have to agree on some points, um, and there's other mitigating factors. Uh, his age uh, is not helping, and and the way that Laura boxes, being the consummate sharp shooting boxer, um, he, I give him a lot of credit because he got into the trenches because he had to. And he didn't he didn't try to fawn away from the trenches, but he dug into the trenches. But can he physically create the atmosphere and ambiance to stave off the constant, consistent pressure of Jared Hurd? I, well, I don't think so at this point. What was you know? A lot of people gave you know, Laura a lot of credit. And I think you, you, I'm glad he got credit. Because he's he took so much such flack his whole career about being a boring fighter, but they were saying, oh, you know, he's a warrior. He's standing toe to toe. He's banging like a champ. He, that wasn't in his game plan. Okay, I want people to realize it wasn't really Laura. It was her that made him fight. He didn't have right. a choice. He had to fight, and that's why. He right. Did. Exactly. If if he had the chance to box and stink out the joint, he'd do it. But he was right. forced to do it. He's never been forced like that since Angulo fought him. But Angulo was not as big as Hurd. And Angulo actually didn't put as much, you know, consistent pressure on Laura that Hurd did. You know, Hurd was smart with it. You know, he's actually a really good inside fighter. He's he's tricky. You know, he throws punches at weird angles. And at the size, man, like I said, I've never seen a guy at 154 as big as him. He is huge. Wow. He really, really is. And he forced Laura to be exciting, and I think he's going to do it from the outset again. But I think Laura this time will end up caving in under the pressure. Uh, I don't feel that phys- – you know, when you have 400, 350 to 400 amateur fights, you know, the Olympic – you know, all this, the skill that he has, it can be a downside too. 
And I think on top of the 34 years, you know, uh, of age that he is, you know, when you when you have all them fights, man, it's like it's like dog years. You know, 34 oh, might yeah. end up being 54 because you done fought. <laughs> you know, he has a lot of fights under him, and that's a good thing for experience, but it's a bad thing, you know, when you haven't fought as consistent as you used to, and you haven't fought a guy like Jared Hurd that can press you like he did. And I knew that in inactivity, the fighters that he's fought previously, you know, in the last couple of years have not been like Jared Hurd, and that's why I picked Hurd to win that fight. And I'm going to pick him even more de- de- decisive now just because of that, because I don't think his body can handle the pressure anymore. Do they have a date for the rematch? I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet. I think they're in negotiations right now. And I really think that Hurd's kind of bummed out about it. But, you know, it, it's still it, – it, Laura fought so good, and he was the champion. So he deserves that rematch. I'm not upset about it, but I wish that Hurd would do something. I'd like to see Hurd fight Charlo. But be honest with you, I'm going to call it right now. I want to see Danny Danny fight it. Whoa. I think that's a hell of a fight for Danny. I think it's a hell of a fight for Jared Hurd. Even though he's 154 pounds, make it happen. He's got. He's got a. Oh, I'd, love, I'd, love, I'd love to see them cut it loose. That yeah, would be a do a catch weight. Do something. That that'd be a phenomenal fight. No, no. Um, maybe we can make the powers that be put it together. But when you're a pressure guy and you instill your will on people. You know, and and that's what you do. You know, you put your 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 size, you put your advantage. You know, you pressure somebody, you make them crack. When you put them against a guy that can crack like Danny, oh my goodness, I think that, that could be a father year, man. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I mean, we all know Jared definitely gets hit. So, in saying that. Uh, it's it's going to be a different animal. There you go. And, and you know that Danny can handle pressure. Look at what he did against Triple G. Exactly. Exactly. It's got, that would be an interesting bout. I, I, I call that right now. I remember back in the day, Max Kellerman was talking about, you know, Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti, you know, being fought of the year when it happened and everybody was clamoring for it. You know that was going to be fought of the year. I mean, it's, it don't take a rocket scientist you know, to say, oh, well, Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti is going to be a, you know, a, a cracker of a fight. I mean, who in their right mind would say that would be a boring fight? You just know when two people get in the ring that it would be phenomenal. And I don't think people are really understanding yet exactly how good this fight could be with Danny and with uh, you know, with uh, with Hurt. I'm telling you, that would be amazing. <laughs> Some people you just know when you mention two names that you know there, there's no way you can envision a bad fight. Oh, I love it. I love it. Or Darren Shinko and her would be crazy. <laughs> it'd be crazy. Uh, oh, that'd be Either a great fight, too. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you down. what. You know, we we talked about the upcoming week. You know, we talked about a lot. You know, we had great guests and Barry Hunter on. I want to kind of. I was talking earlier. You know, we there's been a milestone this week that was accomplished. Another you know fifty and zero that happened. Another fifty and zero, not Floyd Mayweather, but from from Thailand. You know, Wahang many yeah, I can't remember. I can't. <laughs> but but he also goes by uh, Chaifon uh, Munsari, and he right. is uh, the WB, WBC minimum weight champion. 
and he made his his uh, fifty. He made it to fifty and zero uh, with a fifth round KO over uh, Leroy Estrada in Thailand to match Floyd Mayweather. And a lot of people give him credit. You know, I give him credit for reaching that milestone, but it's a little different. I don't think people should be saying, "Oh, he's just as good as Floyd," and all this because he's fifty and zero. You know, you got to remember. You know, in Thailand, it's a little different. You know, you, you can you, most guys in Thailand have 50 to 60 fights, sometimes 100, 120, 130 fights. You know, they fight right. all the time in Thailand because I mean they're warriors out there. And that's what that's all they know. And you know, they, they uh, you know they make a good living for their family. You know, they're fighting every two months, every month. You know, and and but they're not fighting the best guys. But right. he has accomplished that. He did, uh, you know, get the fifty and zero. He has made, you know, uh, quite a few defenses. He's been a champion, you know, for I think he's been a champion about three, about three years, pushing three years, over three years. But, but it's the guys that he's fought. I mean, he, he he's fought some decent guys, but you know, one guy that he fought, you know, his the last the, the fight before his last fight against Tatsuya Fukuhara. You know, Fukuhara lost to uh, one of the Inouye brothers at his pro debut. Just I think before uh, before this guy beat him. So you know you, you got to kind of take you know uh, it, it's not the same. But I do congratulate him. You know it, it's good to be fifty and zero, but it's not. Don't don't compare him to Floyd Mayweather, please. <laughs> no, no. Well, we, we listen. Regardless of whatever people say in reference to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd is an outstanding talent, truly. And and I'm not going to say he is the best ever because I believe that is solely left to Sugar Ray Robinson, in my humble opinion. But he is definitely one of the all-time greats. Well, speaking of Sugar Ray Robinson, earlier this week, you know, marked his uh, his defense of his of his crown. He regained his belt against Gene Fulmer in one of the most spectacular punches ever landed of all time. MMA, box. I don't care what you're doing, what sport. If it's a contact sport, this is the best blow probably of all time. One of the best left hooks ever landed. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, Andre. The first and only man to ever stop Gene Fulmer with one single punch, Sugar Ray Robinson. It's been a long time, but the anniversary was just a few days ago. Very good, very good. Unbelievable. I'm I'm a huge fan of Sugar Ray Robinson. His pure natural talent was unmatched. And even at the point of what we're dealing with in boxing now, it still awes me to watch the old tape of some of the things he did. Knocking people out, stepping back, doubling and tripling up hooks at random, digging so hard to the body that it seems that people were displaced. I mean, it was just an amazing, amazing ability to control the environment at a time when guys were looking just to knock people out, he would be the man that put speed and power and finesse together to create knockouts that we haven't seen even to this day. It, it was just amazing. And, and the, the, the thing with Sugar Ray Robinson, 
is at that point where he knocked him out. I mean, this guy, he was he was coming off that loss to him. He was getting a little long in the tooth at that time. You know, I, I believe, uh, how old was he? I, I think he was pushing 40, I believe. You know, when he when that the next time he fought Farmer, and and that the land that kind of punch was just it was it was the most beautiful thing. You know, like I said, Gene Farmer he got stopped in his last fight, but his, I mean his manager threw in the towel just so you know he don't need no more. He wouldn't he was never dropped like that, never knocked knocked out again. And for all the guys that this guy's fought, Gene Farmer was one of the toughest, ruggest, ruggest son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. Him and Gar- Carmen Basilio, I mean my goodness. And to have wins like that, and to have wins, you know, just uh, uh, against Lamada and, 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 and you know guys like that, it was just insane how easy Sugar Ray Robinson made it look sometimes. And uh, and Lamada was, you know, we had Jake Lamada on our show, Andre. Oh, really? Yeah, we had him on about seven years ago, six, seven years ago. And, oh, that's uh, we, big dog. I'm liking he, that. He was, he was, he was one of the, he was one of my favorite guests we've ever had. And he was talking about he's he can't talk too long because he's about to go dancing with his wife. It was just wow. some of the nicest. It was it was just a great interview. And uh, man, I, I miss the old school guys. But you know you, they didn't make them. They don't make them as tough as like they did back then. My goodness. And yeah. and everybody says well, yeah. Everybody talks about their era. You know how oh everything's not as good as your era and all this. But really, I mean Colin Basilio, Gene Former, you know Jake Lamada, Tony Zale. You know, all these guys. Graziano was a tough son of a gun. You know, these guys were just rugged, man. Incredible, incredible talent in that group that you just named. You know, Harry Greb fighting, you know, all the fights that he fought. I mean, this guy fought like every week, every three days he's fighting. You know, all the fights that Greb had. I mean, you know, Jack Dempsey. I mean, these guys, they would fight. They didn't care who they fought. You know, inactivity. Well, these guys would not wait a year before they fought. Now you got guys that, you know, they'll, they'll have a fight. They'll wait a year. They'll wait two years, not worried about anything. You know, and then they'll fight. But you know that that does your body so much bad, man. How do you sharpen your knife? Uh, just touching it once or twice on the grinder. You won't be able to cut anything but um, but butter. You won't be able to cut any flesh. Because the blade won't be sharp. You there have you to, go. You have to work the blade so that it can create a sound sharp cut. And without work, you don't get it. But you know what? Speaking of butter, one guy that went against all the guys that I mentioned, well, not Harry Grab, but I mean all the guys that I mentioned, like Fulmer, like Basilio, you know, Graziano, you know, one guy that looked smooth as butter was Sugar Ray Robinson. He made it look easy sometimes. And I don't care who, you know, uh, Roy Jones Jr. was a great fighter. You know, Floyd Mayweather was a great fighter. But you know what? There ain't nobody, nobody. And, I, and even Ali. Ali was a great showman. He was a very, one of the best. He, he was the greatest, probably heavyweight maybe. But he is not the greatest fighter that ever lived. Sugar Ray Robinson will always have that distinction in me. It's going to take a hell of a guy to ever surpass Ray Robinson. I don't see it ever happening, Andre. Me either. Uh, and and listen, funny you should mention uh, Muhammad Ali because it was the great Ali who stated himself, uh, I call myself the greatest, but when you want to talk about the greatest man to ever put gloves on and get in the squared circle, that is Sugar Ray Robinson. That was a quote from Muhammad Ali. Oh, yeah. 
Muhammad Ali, you know, based his style off of Sugar Ray Robinson. And, uh, you know, I mean, th- this guy was undefeated as an amateur, including the knockout win over Willie Pep. You know, he was, uh, when, I think he was 75-0 and 0 until he lost to LaMotta for the first time. You know, I mean, you'll never get those kind of numbers for one because the guys don't want to fight that, you know, they don't want to be that active anymore. But you won't get that because there's not talent like that anymore. I mean, not not on Sugar Ray Robinson's level. You know, I, I, or if there is talent like that, you're not going to see him enough to really do as much great as Robinson did because he did so much great things and fought so many great fighters because he was so active. Exactly. So, just props to Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, great. It was it was great seeing that left hook, the best left hook, best punch period I've ever seen in my life. I watched it over and over again a couple of days ago. Twitter is a good thing. I know Barry Hunter's not big on the social media sometimes. You know, if you take it the wrong way, but if you actually use it as a positive, you get a lot of knowledge and a lot of information and a lot of good video, man. That's one good thing about for boxing fans is YouTube is probably a boxing fan's you know favorite thing right now because back in the day we didn't have that you know we'd have to you know call people and get tapes sent to us and and do all that stuff and uh you know it's just it's amazing i wish we had youtube back when i was coming up in boxing (laughs) yeah sometimes you can't you can't utilize the elements of social media to to help you out i can understand some of the, the pitfalls but when it comes to the sheer information base that is created by it and that you have privy to to inform and to uh, increase knowledge with, uh, it's pretty hard to um, not need it or really want it. There you go. I remember when back in the in the late 80s, early 90s, man, being on a payphone at 7 o'clock in the morning talking to guys in the U.K., shoving quarters, you know, $10 at a time, you know, to talk to these guys, to get, you know, uh, their take on boxing in the U.K. and boxing over here, and just people to talk boxing with. It was so hard back then. And now you can get anywhere, and, and there's just so much boxing on the Internet. The Internet really is a good thing for boxing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, especially with the fact that uh, the youth of our world are so savvy with social media, they can find the information they're looking for, and it, it would just help them to be better um, understanding of the sport. And they can watch as much of it as they possibly can ingest into their little minds, and you never know who might be the next uh, great fighter to come out of just being a part of watching and wanting to participate in the sport. There you go. And, and you know, some, some boxers do, do use social media, you know, uh, in negative light sometimes. And there's a lot of beef sometimes, Twitter beef and Facebook beef and all that. Just like we were, we were talking about with uh, Erickson Lubin and with Jamal, or Jamal Charlo. You know, I don't know. Uh, everybody knows, but, you know, they've been kind of going back and forth. You know, Charlo did knock him out, you know, uh, well, last year with a with stunning one-punch knockout over Lubin. You know, Lubin put a, you know, a meme on 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 Twitter about uh, you know, basically Jermell's snorting cocaine. <laughs> it was it was it was to me. I mean, show some little professionalism too. I don't know what Jermell was if he was starting stuff with Lubin back and forth. 
But I got to take Jermel Charler's side on that. That's kind of a low blow to me. You know, accuse him of snorting coke and all that stuff. And then he goes back and says, well, you know what? You were cool with me a couple nights ago when you talked. I was there commentating on the fight. You know, but now you're going to do stuff like that. So, you know, I, I kind of had to have his side on that. But there's different different sides to every story. We were going to get Erickson Lubin on the night. Unfortunately, we can't get him. We might have him on Monday uh, to really talk about that. But, you know, even if we had him on, I was going to say, you know, that picture was a low blow to me. I that that ain't cool, man. Yeah, and that was that was a little over the top for sure. And um, it this is one of the things that Brother Barry was expressing. Uh, he's a no nonsense individual, as am I, and that's just going over over the realms of uh, what we call the starter line. You don't pass starter line. And uh, that's taking it very deep because the accusations that you are putting before everyone who might be viewing it are quite heinous. Right. And Just look uh, at Canelo. Look at Canelo with with you know uh, drugs in his system, with you know performance enhancing drugs. You know, it could have ruined his career. You know, if he does pass the hair test and everything comes back, you know, I, I kind of hope he does, and I hope he does get vindicated. But you know, if if you're throwing out accusations like that, you know, just because a rumor, it's not professional. It's not cool. I mean, this, this is this is you know, I don't care if it's Charlo, I don't care if it's Wilder, I don't care if it's anybody. You know, these guys they're fighting to support their families, to take care of their own, you know, to support themselves. It's their livelihood. You know, don't throw anything like that, man. You know, if you want to face somebody, if you, you know, that's that's the thing about it. Danny didn't need Twitter. He didn't need Facebook. You know, when he heard Jamal Charlotte talking, he faced, faced him like a man. You got a problem? That's right. What's going right. on? And you saw, I mean, we had a video, and it ended up being on social media, but you've seen him kind of wilt away <laughs> little by little, and he got about about six inches shorter in about 15 seconds. Exactly, but he buckled under the pressure from a young man that kept his composure and was quite professional in facing him off. Exactly. So don't don't go out, you know, putting memes on Facebook or Twitter, you know, talking about false accusations. Meet a guy up, you know, face him one on one. You know, get back in the ring with him, knock him out in one round, and then next time you do come out puffing your chest out, maybe he will wilt away a little bit like Jermall did against Danny. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. There it is. Yeah. Couldn't say that one any better myself. There you go. But, you know, uh, we talked earlier about Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, you know, with Barry Hunter. You know, Barry was kind of taking Wilder's side, but he wasn't. It was kind of half and half. But I mean, you know what? I can't blame him. He has history with Deontay. He wants him to do good things. Um, I, I'm not really a Deontay hate, uh, Wilder hater like people think I am. I just didn't think he was quite ready. He's getting better though. He, I mean, he, he really showed a lot against, uh, you know, against Ortiz. I still don't think he's quite ready for Anthony Joshua. But I'm here in the fight. You know, according to Eddie Hearn. A guy that you're very familiar with, there's a 70% chance right now. And this was just, uh, you know, a couple hours ago. He says they are in positive talks, 70% chance of a deal, of happening. All right, now. I I like the sound of that. Um, I I like it because I know it would give uh, us a chance to to fight on that card. And... um, 
hey, maybe we could get uh, Danny and Charlo to mix it up on that one. It would be big enough, and if they held it in England, we know it would be bad enough. Well, I was just about to say that, Andre. I know you're a vegan, but you know what? You really got to make some room for some fish and chips, man. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it looks like <laughs> it could happen. Well, listen, I would, I would hope that it would, and once again, it'll be a, a fantastic uh, platform for um, a the pay-per-view undercard section um, and let's just hope that it takes place. Well, there you go. Well, you know, you know, and last week, we were, or uh, Monday, actually, we were, we were talking about different things we'll be doing and you know, I mentioned, and, and Andrew mentioned, uh, bringing back the uh, the Rumble Down Trivia Challenge and I was talking about me getting some gems together and let's do stuff like that. I really want to make that happen, Andre. I really want to, and I want to start with your gym, and we just got to oh, pick okay. another gym that wants to go up against you guys. And oh, we could we could do that. That's for sure. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. It's I mean going on in my head ever since we mentioned it. Man, that would be insane. And uh, but you know we got so much stuff going on. We got so many uh, things that we're trying to do. Um, Monday Monday is going to be a big show. Uh, somebody that uh. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking for. I'm not going to drop no names, but looking like he might come back Monday. We'd love to have him back. It's it's we've definitely been missing him. We're getting the old team back together again, and uh, with me, with Andre, you know, still hanging in there doing our thing, just talking the game we love, man. I mean, yeah, you know, you've been a busy guy the last couple of weeks. You're still busy. You know, you train these yeah. guys all day, and then you make time to get off, you know, get on the show on your time off. And talk about the game that you've been working with all day long. That's how much hunger you have and how much love you have for the game. And uh, you know that's what we do. You know, we we we're boxing heads, man. You, you can't get you know we're boxing freaks. You, you can't get it that's out of right. here. We're always thinking about boxing. We're, we're not the we're not the bubble heads. We're the boxing heads. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so speak of sure. work, I know you you getting some work. You, you still got Richard with you? No, actually, I dropped him off. He was enjoying the show immensely. He's such a quiet uh, and serene young man, and he's just absorbing the information. And you can see him just smiling as he was listening to the conversation. And the I was going to ask him to about with. Isaac Dogbo, man, another champion. You know that Richard is is wanting to be the next Ghanaian, you know, to get another to get a belt. He, he came so close last time. You know, I know he got a lot of excitement having a guy that he's very familiar with with Dogbo winning that belt, the real belt, you know, against uh, Jesse Magdaleno. Oh, without a doubt. He was so happy for one of his uh, uh, former countrymen and and teammates. And um, he says his turn is next. I'm going to win my uh, title, and I'm going to go home a proud champion to Ghana. I said, that that's going to be wonderful. And he says, and you're going to come with me, Uncle Dre, and they're going to treat you like royalty. I said, well, that's fine, too. <laughs> i tell you what, you know what, I might have to say, you know what, Andre, we got to bring the fire up at the Ghana. we got to do it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I want to go to Ghana. That's one place. I, you know, the thing about Ghana, these are some of the most you know, boxing Loving people. I mean, you got the UK, oh, you got France, you got a lot of you know. There's a lot of boxing international. You got Mexico, a huge boxing country. 
But Ghana doesn't get enough credit. I mean, these guys no. wake up at 4 a.m., go to the gym, fight all day, get their ass whooped, whoop ass, go to sleep, wake up, do the same thing, wash, rinse, repeat. Boxing is all they know. And That's it. To, and you've got a whole village in Ghana that is nothing but boxers. That's all they do is box. It's an amazing thing. I don't know if you've seen the Vice program on Vice Network about the Ghanaian boxing program. But if you haven't seen that, you know, go back. Maybe it's on YouTube. Look up Vice Boxing Ghana, and it will tell you some amazing stuff, man. These guys, all they know is how to throw, you know, punches. That's all they do. And mm. to have this kind of love and, 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 you know, being a part of your life, the only thing, you know, you live, you eat, you breathe boxing, you know, I, I definitely always wanted to go to Ghana. I might stick out like a sore thumb, but I don't care. <laughs> I'll be a boxing, I'll be a boxing brother, and I'll tell you what, we would get along. Everybody in Ghana, you know, I would definitely. Uh, that is that is one of my uh, my bucket list, you know, check marks right there is going to Ghana. We had we had a Zuma Nelson on the show. Really? Mm-hmm. Jeff Fennick or Jeff Fennick, we had him on the show. Wait, do we have a Zuma? Yeah, we had. I think we did have a Zuma. I know we had Jeff Fennick. But you know, Azuma Nelson by far is my favorite fighter of all time. Salvador Sanchez is close. Ricardo Lopez is very close. But Azuma Nelson, the professor, oh my goodness! I mean, you want to talk about royalty? I mean, this guy—you are absolutely right. He is royalty. <laughs> he showed some flashes of Azuma Nelson, man. That just that that constant aggressiveness, man. I mean, and, and but he—he it wasn't just—it was effective aggressiveness. And he got dropped in the first round. He kept on going. You know, a lot like, you know, Salvador Sanchez, you know, fighting a guy, Zuma Nelson, I think he was like, what, 13 and 0. No one knew who this guy was. Don King brought him in, total unknown, and against one of the best fighters pound for pound, you know, in his time, Salvador Sanchez. And he yes, gave he Salvador Sanchez one of the, the toughest fighters of his life. And Salvador yes, closed him like a true champion. But I'll tell you what, if they ever would have fought again, which would have happened, if unfortunately he didn't die in that car accident, uh, it right. would have been it would have been something because I think Azuma Nelson didn't lose after Salvador Sanchez for years until Pernell Whitaker beat him. Exactly, exactly. Not, not I think at from all. eighty-one to ninety. I think when did uh, when did he beat? I think back in ninety-three. I think he lost. Wait, I can't remember. I think he went over ten years undefeated after Salvador yeah, Sanchez. Yeah, was un- he he didn't lose a fight for a very long time. Exactly. And it, and it took Pernell Whitaker to be the guy to do it, which I is not that slouch either. <laughs> you know, I think on Monday, uh, Monday I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring to the show uh, Ike Cortez, former trainer. Uh, he was with Ike Cortez his entire professional career. Uh, Daniel Otterman, we'll we'll get some more perspective on the uh, the Ghana boxing scene and who, what, where, why, and when. I think it's going to be really interesting. That would blow my mind, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. I won't even talk. I'm just going to let him talk for two hours and just suck <laughs> all that information, all that knowledge like a sponge. Man. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's what I'm going to do on Monday. Because Ike Cortez was one of my favorite fighters too, man. That uh, that jab, I, Larry Holmes, Ike Cortez, 
you don't get much better jabs than that, man. No, you don't. And, yeah, but that that was Ike another inactivity. Really... That the inactivity really messed Ike Cortez. I wish he would have kept more busy, man. Mm-hmm. That was the problem. Yeah, but that that fight with De La Hoya, goodness gracious, what he did to Vince Phillips, <laughs> oh man, classic. Yes, sir. Classic. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We got 15 minutes. I'm gonna cut it a little short tonight. You know, me and you were the only ones that hung in there, but we got big news for Monday. Everybody's gonna be coming back and making it happen. And also Friday night, the UK, my man Flawless, he's gonna be doing a show, um, you know, from the UK on ATG Network. And check it out. He's gonna be having some good guests. He's gonna be having a, you know, genuine. Remember that song, Pony? Really? Yeah, Genuine is going to be coming on the show with Flawless, with Jesse Reekin. I think Frank might be stopping by, and, uh, you know, they're going to have a great show. So I wish them all the luck. Definitely tune into that. Check it out and see what, you know, big boxing fan, see what a big boxing fan Genuine is and see what's going on with them, man. I, I still like that song, man. That song is uh, <laughs> all these years ride, you start playing Pony. Ride I will my Pony. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> well, Andre, always a pleasure having you on, my man. Look forward to Monday, and uh, you know, keep on fighting a good fight. Without a doubt, Captain. As all as always, it was a pleasure, and we're going to have so much more for them on Monday. It won't even be funny. There you go. Enjoy the weekend of boxing, and we'll, we'll be back Monday to talk about everything. Sounds like a plan. Take care, Andre. All right, bye. Take it easy, Captain.